but I will not live as a victim of my circumstance. Like I'm at the effect of my life. Become the cause of your life as opposed to living at the effect. Hi, I'm Julie Hyde and I'm passionate about inspiring leaders to step up and lead and be powerful role models for those around them. My guests are all doing just that and I ask them to share how they are making it count and how they have created their success. I can't wait to share their amazing stories with you. I have Erica Karema, who is the Queen of Confidence, with me as my guest on the podcast today. Welcome, Erica. Hello, Julie. We're doing this. <laughs> we are doing this after a couple of false stuff <laughs> with technology. So I just wanted to give my listeners a little bit of background about you, like a, a really small little snippet. Yeah. Um, but Erica is an international confidence coach and a five-star podcast host. If you have not got onto her podcast yet, you need to. Now, she's also someone who is leveling up constantly and just being her authentic self, an absolute boss woman and someone who I find incredibly inspiring because you're role modeling the way forward for so many and you've inspired so many people globally to step up, to embrace who they are and to be their authentic self and to deal with their stuff so that they can live (laughs) a really happy and healthy life. So I'm so keen to tap into a little bit of that. So again, welcome. Thank you, Julie. So I thought maybe if we could start with your story, which is incredible and powerful and one that is super inspiring. And I'm really interested in understanding the moment that you decided to make a change because I love what you say in that it's not what happens to you, it's what you decide to do next. So I'll hand over to you. Thank you, Julie. Thank you for having me, first of all. Um, Such a pleasure to be here with you and the amazing listeners. Um, The moment I decided to change everything, I I grew up in America, in Boston, Massachusetts, um, to a bipolar single mother who was incredible and did such an amazing job. Um, But unfortunately, she was in and out of mental hospitals. I grew up in foster care from when I was two weeks old until I was about 16 years old. Uh, in the foster care systems, there was sexual abuse. I had abandonment issues, anger issues. My dad left when I was two years old. And it was just quite a hectic upbringing as a child, very survival, traumatic, all the abuse and all the things that, you know, no kid should go through. But that was what was in the cards for me as a child. And so after overcoming a lot of that trauma and what happened to me at that at that time in my life, I ended up in high school joining the military, marrying my high school sweetheart in secret and moving across the country away from my mom and my life. I joined the army. And it's so funny because I think, you know, Kemi, a mutual friend, and she also told me about the military. And I think I was seeking as a child some kind of stability with such an unstable, unstable upbringing and, and role modeling in that. So I joined the army. Uh, he ended up joining the Marines and the whole war in Iraq thing happened. So this kind of took us around the United States. We ended up in Florida, uh, Orlando, Florida. And one night we were out drinking and driving 23 years old. Don't judge me. Bad, bad mistakes that we made back then. And we got into a really terrible car accident where I broke my back and had to learn how to walk again. Uh, it was like a wake up call, a semi wake up call for me to go for what I wanted. The following year, uh, unfortunately, as I started to rebuild my life and I was still in the military, I was modeling, I was in hair school, I was trying to find out who I was. 
And the following year, my husband was out by himself drinking and driving and he passed away in a car accident. And that whole, that moment was kind of like, oh my gosh, it was like my, I'm checked out, like TKO moment of like, I can't take any more things. I really kind of broke me. Yeah. And I went to a, com a conference in Las Vegas and I met a man from Australia, from Sydney. And I'm like, I'm going to run away to this country, which I didn't know where Australia was. Americans don't travel, as you know, uh, or at least we didn't back then. And I was like 25 years old. I had numbed out with alcohol for the, those three years that my husband had passed away. And I moved to Australia thinking all my stuff wouldn't follow me across the Pacific Ocean. And my stuff did follow me. And he was a big jerk. <laughs> he was a narcissist man that I attracted because I was in a low. I attracted another man who was just like him after that. And then I moved to Melbourne, Australia, and I met my husband, who was my personal trainer at the time. And he was a really sweet guy. He was working on himself. And he told me about life coaching and healing and, you know, words I'd never understood. And I started this journey of self-work and inquiry and understanding my past and why I was feeling insignificant, why I lacked confidence, why I felt so broken and damaged goods, like why I was attracting assholes into my life, you know, like what was going on for me? Yeah. And so, you know, that that was kind of history. It was a moment I looked in the mirror and I was like, I am the common denominator in my hot mess of a life. I'm I'm the one. So how can I keep looking outside of myself to have a happy life? How about I look inside of me and it's me, I'm the problem, but I'm also the solution. And so that kind of started us on this journey of helping women reclaim confidence and, you know, stand in their power. Yeah, that's just amazing. So by 23, your life had thrown you so much <laughs> trauma. Like you say, mm. like that's just not how you want your life to be. And no doubt there was a lot of good stuff in there yeah. as well. But um, so much, and I love what you said, you know, you can travel so far and so many people try to run away mm. from what's happened to them, thinking that if they change the location, it's going to be different for them. But that's just not the case, is it? No, we can't run away from the mean client or the mean boss or the bad boyfriend or girlfriend. They will find us again in another form, basically. Yeah, that's right. But that must have been really hard, that looking in the mirror moment, yeah. to understand that you're the common denominator. Yeah. It was, a, it was a lot of pain. I think you reach those points and people don't really move unless they're squeezed and pushed to the edge. And, and I said to my ladies, I'm like, please don't wait to be pushed to the edge. Don't wait for a near-death experience, cancer, a death, a divorce, disease, debt, you know, the five Ds. Don't wait for that. Like, learn from other people that t share stories like on your podcast and you've interviewed so many amazing people. It's like, learn from others instead of having to do it yourself. But sometimes we get stubborn and we need to experience what living on the edge looks like. And we get pushed until we get to that breaking point. We don't really, we're not miserable enough. We're not unhappy enough. We're not broke enough. We're not, you know, uh, lacking confidence enough. And then we get that point and we're like, okay, that's it. And sometimes it's too late. Other times, you know, it's uncomfortable, but I think sometimes we need to get pushed to that edge, unfortunately. Mm, mm. And it's quite common because I know I work with, you know, people as well and particularly leaders who are mm. not necessarily creating what they're wanting to create, but they're always blaming. It's mm. always someone else's fault, whether it's their team or whether it's the organization or their family or it's, it's something. There's always yeah. the blame game, which I'm finding to be really common at the moment, to be yeah. honest, yeah. particularly through 2020 and this year with 
we're both in Melbourne and we've had some pretty massive bloody <laughs> curveballs thrown at us with yep. bloody lockdowns galore. But it's like um, I, I was listening to one of your podcasts where you were talking about there's so much anger. I feel like there is a lot of anger around at the moment. So what can we do about that? Yeah, you know, it's such a hectic time because even if someone, if you're listening to this and you're like, I wasn't traumatized, I wasn't kidnapped, I didn't have sexual abuse, I didn't have a traumatic, you know, upbringing, air quotes. The thing is that right now we've all been traumatized for the past two years. The number one thing that humans need is connection. And that was taken away. And if you were in Victoria, Melbourne, Australia, it was taken away for over 240 days. And that does impact human beings. So we have to all remember that we've all been traumatized. It's not like some crazy thing had to happen to you. Uh, we've all experienced this trauma. And so I feel like in moments like this, when we're in a pandemic or we change jobs or we're moving a transitioning or we're getting a new leadership role or we're losing staff, any of these hard moments of life where resilience needs to get built, uh, we get triggered, we get activated. A part of us that we haven't looked at or we haven't dealt with gets activated. And many times this thing of lacking responsibility is one of those things that we do. Well, it's not my fault. Mm -hmm. I don't want to have to do this. This is being done to me. You know, yeah, like yeah. all the things that happened to me technically have happened for me because I was able to transform the crap. I mean, it was crappy. It was horrible. But in the horribleness, I became resilient. I became strong. I became vigilant. I'm so powerful now. I'm I'm a resourceful person. Like I'm I'm great with strangers. I like big groups of people usually. Not anymore now. I think I've become an introvert because of uh, <laughs> lockdown. But you know, like all of the hardships that we've all experienced. On the other side of the hardship is the positive thing that's come from it. But if we're used to just looking at it as bad news, hardship, you will you will rip yourself off from the other side, which is. Who did you become because of that? And it's like, oh, wow. Like when you start thinking that these terrible air quotes things created a strong, resilient, um, you know, pivoting, like all the amazing things that we've created for ourselves, that's what we need to look at. So instead of saying it's not my fault, it's not my responsibility, I think that we could all do with some, you know what? It's not my fault. I didn't make this happen, but it is my responsibility to work on fixing it or to work on improving it because we are all adults now and we, we look at our results and we're not happy. So who's, whose job is it to fix your unhappy life or your lack of money in the bank account or the body that you're not happy in? It's us. We have to look in the mirror and go, okay, what can I do? Because if not, you're going to come from a disempowered place of a victim. And I don't mean it in a bad way. I was definitely victimized, but I will not live as a victim of my circumstance. Like I'm at the effect of my life. It's like become the cause of your life as opposed to living at the effect. Mm, yeah, such a great point. And as you say, it's really taking responsibility for where you're at. Yeah. And you use that magic word that so many people are looking for at the moment. And I know, you know, particularly in a commercial sense, it's like we need to build resilience. I want more resilience and, yeah. of course, confidence. So, and it's one of the key things that, you know, through my networking group, through Disruption Women and Wine and working with a lot of women, it is the key thing that they are looking for more yeah. of. Yeah. 99% of women will say to me, what do you want? I want more confidence. I want more confidence to whatever that looks like. So it's, it's really interlinked, isn't it? Yeah. In terms of enabling yourself to feel that way because you're not just going to get it. It's like yeah. time. It's just never going to show up. <laughs> it's just you've got to create it. Where do we it. buy it? <laughs> yes. 
It's true. It's true. Yeah, I think that we and I always try to do like a myth busting whenever I can speak to women about if I only had more confidence, if I only had more time, if I only had more money. And it's like it's not going to change anything because no one reaches confidence and then it's done. You know, it's it's a practice. I like to say it's a practice. It's something that you you work on, you commit to every day, minute to minute, second to second, you know, second to second. Sometimes I know in the last two years I've practiced confidence second to second. You know, there's been ups and downs in the same minute. I'm like, oh, and then I'm like, oh, you know, it's just like, who do I want to be right now? How can I act? And so I, I want to just take away the idea that confidence, some people are confident and other people are not. That's not true. No one is confident. It's mm -hmm. an emotion. It's a practice. And so we can all try to gain more confidence. Um, and the way through it, as the book is, it feels like crap. You know, confidence feels like shit. So are you willing to feel difficult feelings and emotions? Are you willing to be made fun of, to fall flat on your ass publicly? Are you willing to, you know, make mistakes? Uh, all of the uncomfortable stuff, then yes, confidence is available. But it's not this thing that when we have it, everything changes and it's magical. It's it's so hard and uncomfortable. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But the uncomfortable things is where the growth happens, right? Yes. And we have to remember that. So it can't always be beds of roses, unicorns and rainbows. Mm -hmm. It's like, <laughs> you've got to do the hard stuff. And now it's time for a quick break. To have a successful business or career, you need to lead it and lead it well, which is why investing into your leadership is so important. If you are someone who wants to level up, play a bigger game and supercharge your results, then join Julie on her seven-week Role Model Effect program. It is a laser-focused program designed to give you clarity and confidence in your leadership to enable you to lead with influence as we move forward in our uncertain world. It will magnify your self-awareness and confidence, amplify your growth and intensify your influence as a leader. If you are curious to know more, visit juliehyde.com.au or contact her directly to find out more. People often just don't want to deal with their trauma, if we're going to call it that, or their or their shit. Mm -hmm. They run a mile from it because they do know that it's not going to feel good, and it's pretty scary to go through it. Um, it's like, what's going to happen to me yeah. if I allow myself to feel it? And I know you're very big on if you know not investing in you is expensive. Right, mm. stealing one of your quotes. Yes. <laughs> and, um, so how do you help people to work through it? So I know it's like one of your biggest things and we're yeah. going to get to your November offer um, towards the end, but it's like you, you've just got to, you've got to do it. Yeah, yeah. Well, I think it's so funny because a lot of the women I speak to, we have uh, probably more moms, working moms or business women who come into our program. And I think one of the biggest fears is that if we open up our stuff, you know, Pandora's box of crap that we buried and shoved in the under the carpet and we're like, nope, not right now. You know, all the things that we buried and we think is not a big deal, air quotes. And we're like, I don't have time to deal with that. I got to do this. And we put on this fake mask and we're happy and everything's great. And the reality is you don't love your body. You don't love your relationship. You don't love your bank account. You're not happy. You're not fulfilled. If any of that's true for you, then we could mask and, and pretend all we want. But the reality is deep down inside, we're not fulfilled. We're not truly happy. And I think COVID and the pandemic really showed us this. Alcoholism has gone up. Screen time has gone up. The numbing out of our lives has been next level because we don't want to be left alone with our thoughts in our home, trapped with our family members. I mean, that sounds like a, 
it's a nightmare, right? For most people, because we numb out of our lives by working a lot and distractions and going to Greece and escaping our lives and traveling and drinking wine. It's like, can we look at the fact that you're not happy in your marriage or that you're not making enough money or that you think you're not good enough? Like, let's look at that. Oh, I don't want to look at that. It's uncomfortable. And I think we've been forced to look at it. So if the number one thing, I think people get scared of opening it up and not being able to a deal with it mm. or B, what if it takes over me and I go into a massive depression and then I'm screwed and I'm like, okay, that's a scary worst case scenario. Or what if you, and it doesn't have to be with me, but someone you feel comfortable with, like with, with me, my women that come to me is because they feel seen or heard or understood in my story. And they're like, we're very similar. Even if I, you know, swear and wear crazy nails and <laughs> pink walls, they might not have that, but they just resonate with the lack and they resonate with the, the hard upbringing. And so they, they come to me and they're like, okay, I trust you because you've walked the flames. Can you walk me through these flames? And we come together and we guide and we hold space as a community, as opposed to us doing it alone. So I feel like we get scared that we're not going to be able to cope. And if you have ever felt that, what I want to tell you is you already lived the hard thing. Like mm. you already lived it. Your survival rate is 100%. You're here still. You might as well get a reward and get the lesson from the difficulty. And so it's like you mine the gold inside of the crap. So it's like crap in there is like platinum Tiffany's diamond rings. And you're like, I don't want to go into the crap. And I'm like, you don't get to get the diamond rings without the crap. Like everybody, Brene Brown, Oprah Winfrey, Beyonce, JLo, Julie, Erica, whoever you look up to, we've all had crap and we've been willing to go into it mm. with some gloves on mm. <laughs> and pull out yeah. the diamonds. And that's, that's really what is required. And it's not because you had a traumatic life. It's because you're a human being on planet earth. And every single one of us has experienced some hardship that messes with us in the in the now. And, and there's a quote that I say that's like, if you don't deal with your shit, your shit will deal with you. You'll see it in your life. In every area that's not working, that's your shit. Oh, no, no, no. Okay, don't deal with it. Keep avoiding it. It's going to take over your mm. life. Mm. And so you find if, well, obviously, you know, if someone trusts you, because I'm just thinking as you're talking, it's like, I know looking back on some things that I've gone through and probably currently going through, is sometimes you can be, like looking down on it, it's yeah. like, okay, I'm going through it, but I'm not letting myself feel it. Mm -hmm. It's, it's, um, it's like a, um, what am I trying to say? Like a bit of a protection strategy. Or yes. Stuff. I call that heady. We're heady. They're like, so yep, I understand heady. why that happened. Yeah. And they were like, yep, yep, yep. Oh, okay. Yep. I understand. It's all sorted. I fixed it in my head. And I'm like, yeah. And then there's tears coming. I have this box in my, I have two boxes in my office that says cry proudly. And I know you know this from working with leadership and women and boss women, we're like apologizing for crying or we think it's unprofessional or we don't cry. And I'm like, that's the way your body gets rid of the heavy density. Let's call yeah. it density. Heavy weight, emotional weight comes out of your eyeballs with salty liquid. But we're like, I'm crying. I'm weak. I'm a hot mess. Someone at work's going to think I'm messed up. You are messed up. We're all messed up, girl, boy, everyone, person listening. You know, we've got stuff. And so, yeah, it, it's, it's really being able to not shame yourself or, or, or judge other people in the past who've needed therapy or counseling or couples counseling or marriage counseling. And I think when we judge these things, we're not open to accepting it for ourselves because then we think something's wrong with us and there's nothing wrong with us. Mm, that's so true. And there's still a bit of a stigma around it, yep. I think. It's like, 
you know, oh, someone's so seeing a psychologist, so and so's, you know, getting coaching, life coaching, whatever that looks like. It's like, yeah. oh, it's like it's unusual, yeah. but it really needs to be the usual, like the the common theme that people it's, are doing. Because, like you say, everyone is messed up. We're all messed up. Thank you, parents. I mean, they did the best they could, but half the stuff they did for us, we're not doing that to our kids. And if you're a parent, you actually need to work on yourself because as cute as you think you're not going to pass it down to your kids, you will. They don't listen to us. They watch us. And if you lack confidence and if you are getting into bad relationships and if you don't have money or if you are doing any other stuff that you don't want them to do, they're going to see you and they're going to be who you're being. They're not going to listen to the words you say. Like our kids don't listen to us. Yeah. <laughs> we know this. <laughs> that's 100%. That's the, you know, as adults, we play one of the biggest role modeling well roles in our life which is with our kids yeah what they see is what they do like you say absolutely so tell me about what you're doing in november with your amazing community that people can get a bit of love from you and get some help from you and really join your amazing community yeah thank you julie so we our program the the life coaching program that we run is called the sisterhood and it's not called Erica Kramer coaching on purpose because it isn't about me. I remember when I first started as a coach, having one-on-one -on -one sessions with women in my office in the pink palace that wasn't pink at the time. And a woman would be sitting across from me telling me all of her things. And I'm like, yep. And I'm helping her one-on-one. -on -one. And then she would leave and another woman would come in. And I'm like, oh man, if that woman could just meet that woman, could just meet that woman, everybody would feel so normal. Yeah. And then I told my husband, I don't want to do one-on-one -on -one coaching. And it's not because of time over money. You know, if I open my books tomorrow, one-on-one, -on -one, people would pay the money. It's not that. I just genuinely, yeah. Julie was like, when do we sit as women together and mm -hmm. share our raw shit? Like, where does this happen? Mm -hmm. Nowhere. We're in comparison or we're dressed up really fancy. We're not breaking down, crying in front of each other, sharing how insignificant we feel or how you know, someone sexually abused us or how our partner said this to us. There's no safe space for women to do that. So mm -hmm. I wanted to create a sisterhood, a group of women that we could do that. So I feel like our ancestors did that. I feel like our grandparents sat in circles and shared. And mm -hmm. so I said to all my clients, we're going to meet in a group. I'm going to do group coaching and we're all going to benefit. And when you want one-on-one, -on -one, you're going to jump in the hot seat with me. And we're going to use your example in your life so that everyone else can get the lesson through you, you kind of become like the beacon. And then most people won't have to ask a question because everyone can feel who's on the stage or who's on the hot seat in Zoom or whatever it is. Mm -hmm. And so we we created this community in Melbourne first and then we went global. So we've got 500 women have come through the program in like 40 countries. We It's, it's a live program. It's not an online course. There are modules and lessons. There's live coaching. Um, we've got uh, probably 150 women in Australia and about 200 and something in other countries around the world. It's our it's our thing. The Sisterhood is the, the program that I take people through. It's 12 months of live coaching. It is accountability. It is sistership. It is a safe space for you to be a hot mess. So you don't have to come sorted. You can come with all your stuff and it's safe and everybody shares. And we, we have accountability sisters. So people like find people in their area that they can just connect with. And so in November, I decided this is the first time we've ever done this because I don't like discounting my stuff. And I don't think anyone should discount their stuff, especially not life coaching. Because mm -hmm. if you gave someone coaching or therapy for free, 
I think, and I'm from ghetto food stamps. We had no money. So I'm not saying this as a, you know, rich person who has never had to worry about money. I've always had to worry about money as a kid. So mm -hmm. I still believe though, we invest in nails and hair and lashes and cars and expensive fucking prams, you know, and like shoes, Gucci, all that stuff. And then we will not invest money on therapy, coaching, life coaching, business coaching when it's actually going to impact us. So next level November, we decided to do a big month of promotions for this month. So each week we've had a new offer for people that wanted to join us. And it's basically been like um, it's the end of the year. The year didn't go as we planned, all of us. Okay, I don't care who you are. This year did not go as planned. Can we all agree on that? Mm -hmm. And so we decided that this year we would support women who want to do this work on themselves and incentivize them with some uh, weeks. It's been like a bonus course bundle. And uh, last week it was like buy one, get one 50% off. So you could do it with a friend or a, a family member. Uh, this week is like a queen's bundle. So you get all this merch from staring at the box. It's a really pretty box with books and just beautiful stuff to help you and support you. And then next week, which is the last week, it's like a Pink Friday frenzy, which I can't say what it is because it's a special thing that we've never done. And so we're just trying to incentivize women who either financially have struggled because of COVID and the pandemic or have been in the shit and they've just felt like no one gets me. I can't put myself first. I have to ask my husband permission to invest in myself. All that stuff that we hear. I'm sure you hear it as well. Yeah. Uh, and we wanted to make it easy before we think about Christmas and gifting people. It's like, can you give yourself a gift to work on yourself? And I don't like for people to join unless they kind of try my podcast or follow yeah. me and they understand my flavor, the loving bitch slap flavor, <laughs> <laughs> the big sister flavor. And if they're like, Erica's my woman, then I'm like, come on. And if I'm not, find someone. Don't tell yourself you don't need to work on yourself. You do. Okay. We all do. And I still do. So, um, yeah, that's what, that's what next level November is about. Oh my God. Amazing. <laughs> and I do love what you said in terms of that group style coaching, because it does, it makes, it makes you feel validated. It's like, yes. oh my God, I'm not alone. I'm not going crazy. I'm not crazy. And yes. Yeah. Yeah. So I love that. So I'm going to be sharing all the links for people to get Thank um, that with the podcast and also your amazing book, Confidence Feels Like Shit, and it does. <laughs> <laughs> and um, But it's so worth it. Yeah. So thequeenofconfidence.com, but um, all the specific links as well. So Erica, my God, I just... I can't thank you enough and oh, thank you thank for you. the phenomenal work that you are doing to impact and change so many women's lives across the globe. It's just super inspiring. And thank you for your time in terms of being part of the Making It Count podcast. It's called Making It Count. Making I it can't count. give anyone <laughs> who is a glowing example of oh, absolutely love you. making it count. I love you, Julie. You're the best one. Can we give each other a squeeze in person finally? Thank oh you my so God. much. Let's do that soon. Thank you. Thank you, beautiful. Thanks for listening. And I hope that you have gained some great ideas and feel inspired to get out there and make what you do count for your leadership, your business, and your life. Please do leave a review for this podcast and please share it with your network. Send any feedback or suggestions for future guests by emailing me julie at juliehide.com.au. For now, let's get out there and make it count.